Welcome along to another edition of the official Korean FC podcast with me, your host, Damien Mullen, and uh, my, my sidekick, Jonathan McNabb. Um, Johnny, we're recording this on St. Paddy's Day, so happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Um, have you got over the disappointment of uh, last Sunday yet? Um, actually, haven't been too bad about it. I've been speaking a lot about it. The more I chat about it, probably the more... Um... The more I got it, I feel like I am. I think um, it's weird because I think we only have ourselves to blame really for Sunday. Um, uh, the first goal that Joe Gormley scores is like a goal and a half, really. The momentum just totally has changed. And, and we turned around to each other and we knew the Glazer was for happening. Um, and it's such a, I'm not taking anything away from Ryan Curran or the header, but it's such a preventable role, really. Um, and to be fair to Cliffordal, they, they took over the game from there on in. And once the Glazer went in, there's only going to be going to be one winner. And, and I tweeted this as well. You have to give Cliffordville a lot of credit too. They're they're probably under a wee bit of pressure as well in terms of you know they're going for a they're going for a treble. They might play that down, but you know they're sitting near top of the league and they're an Irish Cup semi final and they had a big crowd there too. And it would have been very easy for them to go into a shell and, and everyone else. But you know, fair play to them. Um, their substitutes won them the game, and they were bringing on the likes of Paul Dale, Ryan Curran, and, and Joe Gorman or so um Chris Curran, sorry, and and Joe Gorman. <laughs> they would probably start for any other team in the league and. And then you've, you know, Colin Coates came on as well and Connor McDermott and Aaron Donnelly. The, the squad they have there is frightening um, as well. And that's testament to, to them and, and how they're doing. But yeah, look, from a Korean point of view, that's definitely a trophy that's got away from them. Um, no doubt about it. 2-0 up with 20 minutes to go. They, they had to see that game out, but unfortunately, um, we, we just didn't. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one side of the, the footballing coin, as it were. On the other side, we have a guest on with us this afternoon, and I think arguably that he was probably happier than most uh, at the International Stadium on Sunday. He probably had a, a smile as white as the river lagging by the end of it. Um, so a very warm welcome and, and a good afternoon to Gerard Lawler, former Cliftonville chairman and now the chief executive of the Northern Ireland Football League. Gerard, I mentioned that you were probably the happiest man uh, on Sunday. Would that be a fair assumption? Might have been Monday, Damien, by the time it all settled in, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, look, and I mean, we all joke and laugh and, and you know, Look, I'm a Cliftonville supporter. I, I, if I say any different, people know I'm lying. Um, so I, I, I do wear red and white. Um, though I say I, I try to be objective in everything I did. Uh, and I mean, it's funny because we're all football supporters. And as Johnny says, <clears throat> it actually didn't affect me because of the, the job and the business. And, and the bigger thing was, how's the final going? And I, I think I remember going in at halftime and I was so deflated. <laughs> Because not because of the scoreline, it was, you know, we planned this final, we got the crowd, we'd worked so hard, and the first half, let's be honest, was one of the worst halves of football any of us have ever seen. Um, Cliftonville were totally shocking, and I think they'll admit that themselves. Coleraine had tried, and and I thought at that stage, it's you know, I have a lot of respect and admiration for Owen, and I just thought Owen's did such a job on Paddy here. Um, you know, he's got his tactics completely spot on. Every time Clemville got the ball, there was two men on them. Coleraine worked so, so hard. Um, and then, thankfully, both of them obviously were inspiring team talks at, at half time. And at 2-0, I just thought, there's no way Clemville's coming back. The white flag was up. Um, and, and something just clicked, as you say. And 
like you all, we all need a little bit of luck on our side. And Joe's the first to admit Joe wouldn't be the greatest header in the world. Um, because this next chance he had where he went one-on-one with Gareth, where he put over Gareth, was probably an easier chance than the one he scored. So Joe won't mind me saying he's not the greatest with his head, but he scored a few lately. So don't know if it's coming with the age. So look, as a Clevenville and, and you know, my son's involved with the kit and, you know, it was a great day for me to see him coming to get a medal and friends and family and, and Paddy and I would still be very close uh, you, you know, so look, all of that, but I have to say to balance it, you know, I have a lot of good friends in Coleraine, Colin and I would be very friendly, it's a very progressive club, um, and just all in, it, it was one of those occasions, it was unfortunate someone had to lose, and it's a game that could have went either way, and luckily on the day, Cliftonville, but like, as a Cliftonville supporter, and when I was chairman, there's no club has broke my heart over the last 15 years more than Coleraine. Johnny, if that makes you feel any better today, you know, we still swap the Irish Cup final of 2018, no problem. And we'll swap trophies with you, so there's no issues there. So I still think Coleraine hold the upper hand. But yeah, look, a great day for football, a great occasion. Um, and it's just one of those days where it's really sad to, have, to be a loser. Uh, you mentioned the, <clears throat> the the hold that Korean have had over Cliftonville in previous years, and I think certainly this season that's that balance has really been rectified. I think that's four or five times Korean and, and Cliftonville have played, and Korean haven't got the better of them just yet. Um, but in, in terms of just the Sunday final, because obviously Jared, it was a it was a, a big decision in the first place to to um, play the final on a Sunday. You knew there was going to be pros and cons with that decision. Some people would be in favour, some wouldn't. But when you sit back, as you say, perhaps Sunday was too early, but when you sat back on the Monday and taken away your, your Cliftonville hat for a second, in terms of from a niffle point of view and the, the occasion that the League Cup final was, it could it have gone any better really in your, in your planning? <sighs> Look, you know, I think everything came together. Now, it was their perfection. We were close to it, let's be honest. If you'd have given me it beforehand, I mean, I'd have taken your arm off for it. Um, look, and, and let's address, you know, and I know you have and I appreciate that. There's a white elephant. We did have some elements within the crowd that we'd preferred not to happen. Let's be straight about that. Um, and that's well documented, which is no place in football. And so... Unfortunately, all our clubs get these crowds when we get to these. And that's a society problem. It's not a football problem. So that was the one downer for me. Taking that out, the answer would be no. You know, I thought a great game. And, and you, you know, the crowd was fantastic. And the one thing for me was, Coleraine, I think you guys, the tickets were quite slow. And I was panicking the whole way throughout it. And I'm going, everyone, but everyone was telling me, don't worry, Coleraine are last minute. It's all last minute. And, and I don't think it helped that I was on the portal every two minutes wanting to know how many <laughs> tickets we'd sold Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Because I think the previous Monday, and he won't mind me saying this, Neil Colwyn was in my office and I'm saying like, there's 5,000 tickets sold here. We have a week to go, mate. Your marketing job. And I know he's been on the podcast. So he was, uh, <laughs> we had a, a conversation. And he's going, relax, don't worry, it'll happen. And as I say, the tickets really took off. Korean fans came out in great numbers in the end. Um, so, 
from that perspective, I don't think it could have went much better for us taking that small element out of it and the positivity. But for me, it, the challenge for us all is now to build on it and make it bigger and better in the future. And there's no way, I think we all know something in this game, we can't rest on our laurels. Um, I'm not only saying it because I'm speaking to you guys, uh, and I don't mean to offend anyone, you know, they almost were the two ideal clubs. The cooperation between the two clubs is, they have a good relationship. Um, it was fantastic. Um, so it was all to do with, there was a whole joint up approach, you, you know, with a meet McCollin early on, and I, I portrayed this vision um, of what we wanted the final to be. And in fairness, Colin is very supportive of me um, and of Niffle. And he was like, look, go ahead and do it. And, and I think ultimately, you know, we've still some work to do, but I think because of the crowd, because one of my fears with the crowd was in the cheap tickets. And I'd say to the clubs, look guys, I promise you, we'll see what money comes in. If you don't make, you know, the, the expected revenue of previous years, we'll see can Niffle make it up for you because it was a risk for them. But I'm being honest, I mean, the initial figures, we've some still call, still some cost to come in, but the projections are way above, way above average. Um, and ultimately the cheaper tickets will mean the clubs will walk away with more money. So financially, the clubs will do quite well out of it. I think for me also, it was the fan base, um, the marketing around the game, and trying to build it and put it and really put Niffle out there. So look, could we have bought the PR to answer your question, Damon? No, I mean, we probably could have spent a hundred grand on a PR campaign and not got the PR that we got out of Sunday. Um, but again, the two clubs involved deserve so, so much credit for that. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, you know, we have been to major finals. Uh, we're lucky uh, in terms of recent years with Korean. Uh, attending major finals and I think Sunday's was was right up there um, in terms of just the whole package wasn't it I mean we've had Irish cup finals and league cup finals at different times of, of like the weekends but I felt Sunday there was a real good atmosphere a apart from what Jared was saying referring to there certain elements within both support which was unfortunate on a on a big day like that there but um and as Jared rightly says as well, Johnny, there is a lot of cooperation between the two clubs because I know Colin would be very friendly with Jared, and that reflected in in the final itself, didn't it? Yeah, I think obviously you know we're, we're striving for better standards and striving to be professional and, and everyone else. And I think you know dealings with Cliftonville and knowing Cliftonville from the social media side of things are fantastic. I obviously wouldn't know on a boardroom level, but you look at how well they've done you know in the last ten years on the pitch. So. Obviously, they're going to be going to be doing well off the pitch as well. And yeah, Sunday it was weird getting up on a Sunday and going to a final, and then waking up on a Monday. I felt as if it was going to be Sunday again. Um, but yeah, that was probably the only thing I probably should have booked off work. Um, but uh, yeah, look, the final was great. Eleven thousand people at a league cup final, um, record numbers, and I thought the whole thing was packaged brightly and marketed brightly as well. And I have to give Neil Coma a lot of credit. I milled it as brilliant every day, seeing how many ticket sales we had and. It was going up by like a couple of hundred every day, and I'm sitting there and I was like, I'll get you four thousand, or I'll definitely get you four thousand. So I don't know what the last um Korean number was, but if it's over four thousand, he owes me a percentage of his monthly wage anyway. So um you can I can tell you, Johnny, he owes you he definitely owes you because it was yeah, happy days, happy days, I'll be I'll be texting. But no, look, it was fantastic. And I even you know it's it's the wee things as well. It's you know, the marketing campaigns, you know, on the on the bus stops or big billboards. Sky Sports coverage started half an hour before the game. 
um, and everyone else. And then obviously with the press conference. So it was just the wee things. I noticed the social media videos as well on um, Niffles. Um, Twitter and Facebook pages were brilliant too. So it was marketed far better um, than obviously previous finals as well. I was a big fan of, I'm actually a big fan of the Sunday kickoff as well. It brings out families, brings out players who don't play junior football uh, and everyone else. And, you know, we, we mentioned this as well. And um, and I don't think you were involved enough at the time, Jared, but we were in the final in 2020. And I think the game was a half seven kickoff on a Saturday night. And the difference just between the two was far better. Um, uh, Sunday and a, and a three o'clock, and you look at the fans, and, and yes, look, a lot of this came out about the sectarianism, but you know, it's like, these things happen, and it's just a society, it's just Northern Ireland, that's how it's going to, that's how, how it's been. And for example, you know, well, we see NAM fans at Shower Park on Saturday, <laughs> watch Korean, probably not, um, and pure, maybe the same couple of hinkies have, have gone after at the weekend, so it's just, it's just a shame. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to look at the positives, and the positives far definitely outweigh the negatives. Yeah, and I suppose, Jared, the next question is, and I think you probably referred to it in interviews after Sunday, now that you've set the template of that Sunday final, um, that is now the way that you're going to go forward in terms of the League Cup final. But you're also looking at the possibility of stretching out games in the league over a weekend in terms of Friday night, some games on a Saturday, and some games on a Sunday. And I suppose... Really, that's the way to go because we see it across leagues across the world, Europe. Uh, they play all weekend, and it's about time, I suppose, that the Irish league votes it. I mean, yeah, I mean, Damien, that would be my intent drive. <coughs> but I mean, the one thing we've got to be, uh, and you know, I just want to be clarified none of our clubs ultimately be forced into anything. <clears throat> there has to be, for me, I just you know, life's about communication. And, and I think as long as we all communicate and we all listen to each other and see different people's perspectives. So look, I'm very wary of Sunday doesn't work for everyone uh, and respect people's opinions. There was lot, there not lots, there were some people and I was probably surprised about the little criticism we got or um, I have to say, I'll be truthful, bar Sunday, Oh, sorry, on the Sunday, I had one person who at another club, I was at a match and it was the local minister had come to me and very nicely gave me his uh, disagreement with us playing on the Sabbath, which is fine. And, and I respect that. Um, and, and I take that on board. So it's important that, you know, very clearly no one's going to be forced into Sunday. I think a little, and you know as much as people talk about my background at Cliftonville, I come from a theatre hospitality background, which is all about entertainment. And it it's much like, I know we're fans and we hate the term of we're customers because, but when it comes down to it in a way, you have to give a customer what they want and try to work in market trends and move away. I think the novelty of Sunday past was part of it. So, I mean, to take it back, it'll be the decision of the Niffle board in consultation with the clubs. My recommendation is, and I don't mean to be uppity about this, but like if we went back to Saturday next year, I think it would be criminal. And I don't mean to be too strong in my language. If I have always said this League Cup needs to be a one to three year project. And as I say, I want year two to be bigger and I want year three to be bigger as well. So it, I just think we would be mad, as I say, to go and do that at this stage. 
Um, where did it come from? I mean, I mean, and it's not rocket science. We look, you know, when we were talking about the League Cup and the Saturday evening, and really where it came from, where we realised that, and through no one's fault, um, Linfield were at home on the Friday night in a fixture, and we were going to play the League Cup final on the Saturday at the stadium. And we'd been batting this around the office for a few days, and then I sort of looking at and I think we can learn, look, we always try and niffle, I think, at times to reinvent the wheel. And that's the one thing that I'd say, but there's so many experiences out there. And the one thing that, I, the other thing that I noticed when I went into the team, and through, they were very parochial. You know, when I'm saying, you know, in the first few days, I'm going, right, but do we have a contact with the Scottish Football League, the, the English or the Welsh, and, and who are we dealing with? And it was all like, they're looking at me going, well, we don't know these people. And I'm like, we're all doing the same thing. So yeah. we then started to look around and, you know, we thought, well, the FAI Cup final, which I would go to regularly, why do you go? I'll go no matter who's in it. I'll go to see what we can learn. What can we bring back? And they had a cheap ticketing policy. They had a Sunday final. And you're going, well, are they two easy elements that we could bring in? And then you look that the English Football League and the Scottish Football League both play their finals on Sundays. So it wasn't really, as much as I'd love to say, it was a brainwave for me. It was almost <laughs> stirring me in the face, and it was quite obvious to say, as Johnny said, and I think, Johnny, I mean, there was half seven and half five finals come back on cold, wet, winter, February evenings when you wouldn't leave the house. Well, we were asking people and families to come out and get home, you know, back to Coleraine at maybe 11, 12 in the evening. So for me, it was like, right, how do we reposition this? How do we do it? And it fell into place. So the answer to that, my recommendation to Niffle Board was, look, guys, we've got to stick with this for three years. I understand there's difficulties for some clubs. And it's, you know, the challenge for me, the challenge for the board is we're here to lead and we're here to give a direction and try to bring clubs with us. So as long as we're respecting those clubs and encouraging them and sort of, you know, bringing them along with us, I think we can achieve the Sunday final. Now, I've seen some on social media, some people of who do I think I am and tell, you know, I'm not telling anybody, if you don't want to play, take your ball home. That is not what the message is about at all. It is very much, I think the popular opinion would be Sunday. We're respectful of clubs, but I think through dialogue and talking and communication, we can bring those clubs along with us. And all I'm saying is, if there's a club who felt they couldn't play on a Sunday, they should be given the option of maybe not entering the competition no punishment, and that's their that's their decision. And, and and again, I would be very respectful of that. They shouldn't be criticised, but I think we've got to say because this year, you know, when we talked about this Sunday, and I think it was, uh, you know, yourselves have played Warren Point in a semi final, and Clevenville were playing Ballymena, and we'd spoken to clubs, and not all the clubs were in favour of the Sunday final. So if it hadn't have worked out, Coleray and Cliftonville, we yeah. maybe we wouldn't have had the Sunday final. So all I'm saying is, it would be wrong of me to put ourselves back in that position again next year. So I think we need to make a call early. We need to give a decision early and say, right, League Cup final is on a Sunday. We tie it into your television partners. We give them because we had to wing up the sky a little bit and see where that takes us. And as I say, look, it's all a bit of respect, but I think after Sunday, who wouldn't want to be part of that next year? So I think I would be, a, you know, I've used the words criminal, mad, a sin to, to not try to develop that. 
and I want the League Cup final because, you know, when I it's and, and I've seen things I have to say, and I'll joke and you know we'll all say I'm a Clubville supporter, and I am a Clubville supporter, but I've been very I'm very weary to be objective. I very much became poacher turned gamekeeper. And there's things I say and do now that I never would have did as chairman of a club under pressure. But I have actually been shocked in myself in that when you see things from a different, you see things in totally a different perspective when you come out of a club and, and you look and you look around and you see the game in a totally, because I don't, th- I am only learning now how much pressure that our directors and chairmen, the chairmen of our clubs, I can assure everyone, are under enormous pressure. Um, you know, and I'm not, you know, it's not about me, but like, you know, we talk about 2018. I remember sitting at 10 minutes into the final 2018 and my Apple Watch bleeping, which had never happened before to tell me my heart rate. I was static and my heart rate was that high. That's and so that's good. The, you know, that's the pressure of a, and chairmen are going through that. Like, you know, people talk about European playoffs. Those games are torture for chairmen and directors. And, you know, I know you have some wonderful directors of Korean that are putting their hands in their pocket. And it's a difference between keeping clubs afloat in some years and not. So, you, you know, my job is to try and support and help and develop that. So it's all about developing the game going forward. And as I say, it's not about, Look, if you don't want to play, we're moving on without you. That isn't the case. But it's my job to grow the league, to grow the game. The other element of the Sunday is, I think, as Johnny said, the March, I think the March element, that late March or middle late March added a lot to us. And we can even link that into an international break. Because we again, we were lucky on Sunday. We had six English Premier League games. And... The, there wasn't a Manchester United. We had looked at actually doing it next Sunday, being the 20th, but Liverpool were to play Man United this weekend, hence why we went back a week. And now Liverpool and Manchester United have been cancelled. So, Johnny, you could maybe get a forfeit or something and get a replay <laughs> this Sunday or something like that. Don't, don't, do not encourage them. Um, but, but, like, Johnny, like the things that uh, Jared is saying are all very relevant. And I think. It was noticeable as well that uh, Bloomfield Chairman Roy McGivern had come out during the week and, and basically said that, that, you know, they would probably look at their never playing on a Sunday rule. And I think he was intimating that they would be quite happy maybe to change that going forward if for next year. But, uh, you know, even from a, a spectating point of view, Johnny, like you and I are obviously... Korean and we go to Korean matches and we report on them and, and we watch them as, as fans as much as anything else but like you know you take on an occasion like Sunday and and say like George talking about for the next two three years that the League Cup final is going to be on on a Sunday and, and, the, and the tickets are going to be reasonably priced I mean you and I and, and probably ones that we would, we would know would be tempted to go along and to watch them as neutrals wouldn't we whereas in the past it was unlikely if it was like a 7.30 on a Saturday night, for example. Yeah, of course. I think Sunday at 3 o'clock is the, is the ideal time as well for final. It's fans a bit of a bit of a build-up, obviously, in the morning. Get a fry and a few pints and, and down the road in the train or wherever it may be. The final's over, what, 5, um, maybe 6 o'clock, and you're back in Korea at 3 o'clock, and you can enjoy your night or, or go to bed or have an early night <laughs> if your team's not win. <laughs> so, but no, it, it makes it a perfect day out and for a tenor as well, like, you know, the first half wasn't the greatest game 
um, which stood us. We said that half time that was the most perfect half for Korean. Um, and then obviously the second half just burst into life and there was a red card and a bit of drama and, and everything. So like 11,000 there, you know, it, it would be, they called Jared. it would be criminal if they, if they went against a, a Sunday final. And I think now for clubs in terms of playing on Sunday, you know, it's, it's a big decision for them. Personally, like, Saturday three o'clock was your bread and butter, but at the same time you're missing out on junior football clubs. Uh, and you look how massive the junior football league is up here in, in Korean um, as well. And, and and I say this all the time: Korean is such isn't the most wonderful place for an Irish league club because you've so many different towns as well. You love you like Lavalley, Port Stewart, you know even Ballycastle, Ballymoney. You can attract all them people. Um, and whether or not they would go to a match on Sunday, you know, who knows? You might attract, you know, um, a better crowd. And obviously, if you're Friday night as well, um, usually the TV games. And I think we had Lauren at home um, on a Friday night there, just around November time. The crowd was massive as well. So it doesn't always have to be um, your your three o'clock on a Saturday. And as well as that, and I think, and I mentioned this in the podcast about two or three weeks ago. I think the league, yes. Liverpool, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea and stuff speaks for itself. But, you know, the Irish League shouldn't be scared to come up against a Brighton or Southampton, against Southampton on a Sunday or a Friday night, you know, um, as well as that. Because the entertainment value on Sunday, I'm sure if you were in your role watching that, you'd, you wouldn't know how that game would have ended. And there's so many, you know, there's so many different games I've watched in Sky this year. You know, Cliff and Vogel and Torn um, was an unbelievable game of football um, as well. And as, as good as I've seen. Um, so, you know, I think the league um, shouldn't be feared um, to go up against them, you know, like a Brighton Southampton or Brighton Leeds or, sorry, or a Brighton Everton. You know what I mean? They shouldn't be. Um, they shouldn't be scared. Um, they should they should um, relish it. Um, I, I mean, <clears throat> those are all very good. And, and Jared, I, I guess, you know, we're talking specifically about the League Cup at the moment. But, um, I mean, that's probably only one of many things that you have in your entry. And for those who don't know, I mean, you mentioned before you were you were chairman of, of Cliffordville Football Club, but you just took over the, the top job in the in the NFL in the Football League not so long ago. So I suppose one of the big stories that has been doing the rounds in terms of local football is the funding for the stadia. I mean, it's something that's in your entry, but it's been in plenty of people's entries before you got the job, I guess. I mean, how how we talk about the league progressing, etc., and I guess that's one of the big issues. And if you can successfully draw down that money, that's going to give a massive shot in the arm to local football, isn't it? Without any doubt, uh, Damien. Um, you know, and without you know, we had invited a number of political parties because, like, we all nobody wants politics and sport, but these are the people we need to be talking to. Um, and for one reason or another, a lot of parties weren't able to send people and, and didn't attend. Um, you know, so I'm very weary. I, I want to make it clear we invited everyone to the final. Yes. Um, but we did end up with two executive ministers there on Sunday. Um, like both of them are Sinn Féin ministers for, uh -huh. for different reasons. But, but I mean, we ended up with the communities minister there, who I think we were able to show firsthand, here's the product, Here, here's what it is. Um, and we ended up with the finance minister there. So we've somebody that has the money and somebody who we want to spend the money. So those are those are two good people to have. <laughs> it wasn't planned that way, but that that's the way that that it, that it did work out. Um, so for me, look, and and the point that I've been trying to make, look, the money that we need urgently and the money required, it's not for the play footballers' wages. 
you know, I see the stuff at Coleraine and I see you at the, fin the final yesterday that you probably, you know, wouldn't have been able to have before. And, you know, the 3G pitch, or, it just opens up so much opportunities for, for, for the community, for kids, for families. And I mean, some of those kids don't have basic facilities, like at some grounds of toilets, dressing rooms. That's what this money is. Like I remember in my early days, and, you know, I joke about it now, but it was one of the worst things was in my early days as chairman at Clevenville, if you'd been in the ground and there was a lady asked where the toilets were before we built the two new stands, like you used to run a mile. If, you, if a girl made or a, a lady made eye contact with you on the intention she was looking at the toilet, you, you, you ran the other way. Because, you know, when you descend her through the social club, there wasn't really much better at that stage. So, you know, and all joking about, we still, you know, while some grounds have upgraded, it's still not perfect. So the one thing, and I don't mean to keep going back to Sunday, but to use the example, the one thing that's got me on Sunday was, and looking through the photographs, how much of a female audience was at the game on Sunday? Yeah. And every photo I looked at, you know, it wasn't, you know, for the art, I think what Niffle have done and before me, so, the, you know, Andy Johnston before I did a fantastic job at Niffle, you, you, you know, and, and I'm lucky in a way because obviously Andy's work it goes to the IFA and we talked like yeah. we talk to her three times a day. So it's wonderful that I still have Andy to lean on. But you know, Andy built up a great league. And what Andy did was he changed the whole, you know, the 50-year-old or the, the male dominant Irish league. <clears throat> you know, an old 50, you know, it was almost you came 50 and you went to Irish League games, Austria, the exception, obviously, over the years, but but, you know, that it has opened up. And when I looked at the photographs of Sunday and, and it, you know, you talked about Coleraine and Lauren. I was there as a guest of the club that night. I couldn't even get a seat. The place was absolutely phenomenal. The place was buzzing. And that was a whole community that had come together. Um, so, you know, that's what these facilities are needed for. It's about um, kids coming and being able to get a burger and, and get drinks and coke and entertainment because if we're not offering it as football clubs, they can go to the Odyssey, they can go to other sport, they can go to Ravenhill, you, you know, they can go to GA grounds and get and get it with no issues. So we have to give what the customer wants. So it's been very clear to the minister, you know, the the part, you know, the part that we've put to her in the pitch is this is not to pay footballers' wages. This is about to bring people out into a healthy environment. And as I said, the one thing that really did please me, um, that obviously there was an announcement made and the football family coming together. And as I've said publicly, I think ministers and government in the past, jointly many of them, have underestimated the Irish League. They have underestimated the Irish League family. And look, we all know the Irish League armchair fan or the barstool Irish League, you know, expert who's never been to an Irish League match in their lives. And we'll all go in after a beer and they'll tell us how rubbish it is and how much it's this and it's that. And I've never watched a match. COVID was good to us in a way that it opened up a new opportunity. And I think we've really built on that through COVID and the clubs, and you know, Lauren, some of the stuff Lauren have did is excellent. You guys are, are really becoming groundbreaking and some of the guys, you, stuff you are doing as well. And so, you know, and Johnny talks about, 
you know, some of the videos that Niffle did. And, and you know, we have to praise Neil Coleman, you, you know, because I remember in, in the build-up to me taking the job and I talked to Neil and we talked about marketing in the league and, and obviously coming from the upper house, we had a big marketing team and marketing was what drove the business. <clears throat> and then on day one, I'm sort of looking at this guy and going, it's him. There's a one-man band. And he has a yeah. little bit of help. So one of the things that we did that we we'd gone out and and you know we we had recruited and and we'd gone in into and we've brought in a new girl um and we have a girl now who's come in with a, and we were very lucky to, to to get Emma Wallace who has joined us and has a big background in in television production and media and marketing. So a lot of those videos were Emma's doing at, at this moment in time. Um, but when I looked at Neil and, and I said, Neil, he was a one-man band. We probably need to grow that team because, believe it or not, the league was lacking behind clubs like yourselves in their PR and their marketing because there's only so much he could do. Um, so that's been a big... And, and, you know, we'll have further opportunities and we'll need to open up that in future. Um, you know, we talk about bringing money into the league. You know, the next step for me, in a way... We'll need to be, you know, I think we need a commercial executive or someone to sell commercially for us because there's a wee bit of anybody, somebody and nobody. I had a meeting with the chief executive of the Scottish Football League last week. Now, Needle and Furness, they've Celtic and Rangers in their league. But take another few out. I don't believe we're a million miles behind the Scottish Football League. I'm very honest with you. And I said to Needle, like, how many staff do you have? And he says, oh, we're really, really tight for staff. We have 15. We've only 15. And when I picked myself off the floor, <laughs> and he then I thought, shit, please don't ask me a minute. I don't know. I'm not uh, sure. Sorry. I don't know. Do you know what you say? I'm like, right. And I said, please don't ask me a many I have. And he's go, and of course he's like, many do you have? And I'm like, well, there's me plus five. Well, well, you should be proud of that because the yeah. work that you do with just a mm. small team. Yeah. So I mean, we need to grow on that because the one thing that we need to we need to support the clubs. For me, and I, and again, one of the things that I've seen differently, as I said, when I was the chairman of a club, you always looked at the IFA and the league to give you money, and that there was that thought based within football of you know they should be supporting us. And and again, I'll come back. You know, one of the things clubs like Lorne and Glen Torren with their investment have did. Was, they broke that mould and thought, no, well, we run our own clubs. For me now, Niffle is to create a framework to allow clubs to blossom and develop. As I say, look, directors are under pressure and we're always here to help and support. But I think Niffle, the way forward is about creating services for clubs, you know, be it around legal fees and help with commercial activity and help with marketing. You know, we're that parent organisation that I think, again, clubs have been neglected um with that and we have got to be here to provide that help and support and hold clubs hands along the way or and offer that support and again sometimes we have to punish clubs which isn't really things we like doing so that, that's where you know all those things need to happen along with sub-regional and trying to get the sub-regional money into us to make the league but we can't, it's a bit of a chicken and egg. Do I believe the money will come? Yes, I do. Um, I did have a chat with the minister again last week. Um, we do plan to hold them. We will be having further consultations with her and the department next week. So I think we're much closer than what we've ever been. I'm not being, this is not about Jared Lawler. This was about the Irish League family who came together 
And I always say, if we can all communicate, work together and have common goals, we're going to achieve so much more. I, th- I think the league now is a lot, you, you know, like we started this talking about the relationship I have with Colin and, you know, Johnny knows the media guys. It's everyone working together. Because unfortunately on a Saturday, there's only one team can win. Mm-hmm. Or draw, you you know, we can only have one champion at the end of the season. We can only send four teams to Europe, but instead of the richer getting richer, we have to have and create a cake. I keep talking about these cakes. <laughs> it's a cake, but if there's a piece of the cake for everyone, yeah, and it'd be better to get a slice, a smaller slice of cake than no cake at all, and then you build it going forward. So that's the reason I think, and I think that has happened, and for me we are all moving in the right direction. There, people don't see the understanding and the cooperative amongst our clubs. Yes, there's some clubs have fallouts and they get, but generally the Irish League family is so, so tight and we get on with life and everybody helps and works together. You know, I'll give you an example. I knew Cl- I know uh, Cliftonville had problems early in the season with their generator and they had a problem and Laura was on the phone and Corinne were having some issues a few weeks ago. And I think she was sourcing. And I, I just happened to overhear a conversation. I said to Sharon, Sharon, tell Laura to ring David Begley. And Laura ring and David was able to get information there and then and, and thought, I, this isn't just the only issue here. Cliftonville's had this a few weeks ago. So we're all in the past have been guilty of protecting what's ours and thinking this is about our wee world. People, and I'd praise you know, people like Kenny Bruce and business people coming into the world, they've brought a different philosophy that clubs have brought in. And I mean, like, you guys look at Coleraine today compared to Coleraine probably three years ago, when you were probably playing the best football of your lives and challenging for league titles. I think off the field, the club is in a completely, completely different place. It is. You, you, yeah. you, know, you mentioned it earlier, the 3G pitch, etc., They've obviously taken the wall down. They've got big plans, mm-hmm. you know, to upgrade the stadium. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, Johnny, that's where the money would come in. Very, very useful. Um, but Jared talked about it as well. And, you know, the ministers being there on Sunday was a great occasion for them just to see, I suppose, what local football means, particularly to clubs like Cliftonville and Corian, because we had Tommy McCallion on the podcast five, six weeks ago and, and he sort of compared the two clubs, Cliftonville and Corian, as being very, very similar in, in, in terms of what they represent, their local communities, and they're a focus for their communities. And that's where the, the money, if ever, becomes available from the executive is going to, to matter. Building, as Jared rightly says, you know, proper toilet facilities for, for ladies, etc., and just to improve the facilities because... Attendances, as Jared would know better than anybody, attendances across the board have gone up massively this year and, and previous years. And we do need the facilities to match the uh, increasing spectators, Johnny, don't we? Yeah, I, I've said this a few times. I think for people who aren't involved with the Irish League or sport or local team, I just don't think they get it and what it means to people. You know, um, we, we laugh at this all the time, but there's four or five guys who sit in front of our press box every week and it's probably the only time they see each other and they chat about absolutely everything that happened between the seven days or the 14 days when they've seen each other. Um, you know, and 
you know, we, we were lucky to go to matches um, during during COVID, but you know how much people missed it and how they couldn't wait to get back. And that's probably why we sold so, so, so many season tickets. People are now relishing being back every week watching the local team. Yes, we were, we've been doing well on the pitch as well, which helps. But, you know, on the facilities as well, um, better facilities means um, obviously more fans coming through the gates. You know, opens everyone, the families, um, kids, women, um, you name it, and I've seen Lauren there. They've announced a new initiative um, to do with ladies, her too, or or whatever. And I've been very, very interested to see how that goes. I can see a lot of Irish league teams going down that line now of of incorporating um, the more more ladies, and they and they always say they're spectators and uh, as well as that there. So hopefully the funding can be released at some point. Obviously, look, we can only speak from Corey, and we know the plans that we have. And, It'll be, it'll be goosebumps to see if we can get anywhere near um, the, the plans that we do have because it'll be unbelievable for the for the community. Um, I was down last Friday night, the night before, or two Fridays ago, apologies, um, whenever we announced the mascot and the amount of kids there that were going mad and around the mascot and everything. And, but then, you know, that wouldn't have happened a year ago without the pitch. They'd have probably been at the uni, um, two or three miles away from the ground. So it just opens everything up. Um, and I just hope you know, but it'd be great going to you know, Cliftonville with four stands, and it'd be you know, it'd be great going to the, the Oval done up, you know, as a as, a, as an away supporter even. So, um, and as well as that, there the, the final point I'm making. Obviously, whenever the news was released that the funding wasn't going to be, or whenever it was released, you know, that the funding wasn't going to be released anytime soon. You'd seen Linfield fans agreeing with Cliftonville fans. You know, you'd seen Glen men agreeing with Crusaders fans. You've seen Balmain and Korean fans agreeing with each other. It was just a whole, um, a whole league coming to, coming together. And I think I don't know, Jared maybe know this better, but I think the community's minister was maybe taken aback by the feedback you know that she got from fans, and maybe maybe she wasn't. I don't know, but it's one of the things where I just hope at some point, um, as Jared said, that every club gets a slice of the cake and and they can use the funding because it's not going to be it's not going to be to buy a to buy a Joe Gornley or it's not going to be to buy a Garth Dean. It's to, it's to improve you know the facilities on on offer they fund. Yeah, and I think as well as all the work that's going on off the pitch as well, I think, Jared, the product on the pitch itself, you know, has improved immeasurably as well. And I guess that is as partly a consequence of uh, investment that you had mentioned in Larne, Anglian Torn, etc. And the introduction of more full-time teams and clubs. And I think that's gone hand in hand with an improvement on, on the pitch. I think so, definitely, Damien. I, I think the product in the pitch is as good. Uh, I, I, like, I was at Manchester United um, on Tuesday Tuesday evening, Wednesday evening. Um, I've lost what day of the week it is. It's only Thursday <laughs> today, isn't it? Tuesday evening, I was, at Old, I was at Old Trafford. And how um, did they do, by the way? <laughs> they could beat. I, but I will say now, Damien, my son brought me, he's the United fan, not me, so I didn't really, I wasn't that concerned. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at that, and, and the one thing that, that I did say to him, you know, they've so much time in the ball, but there's no passion, there's no commitment. And, you know, you want to know who the players are, you want to be able to talk to them afterwards. You know, they're just big commercial activities. You know, that's not what the Irish League's about. The Irish League's a completely different ball game. but, you know, really what I'm saying is, the second half and extra time in most matches in the Irish League are more enjoyable for me than watching Manchester United against Atletico Madrid. Now, the armchair Irish League or Barstool expert will disagree, but, you, you know, you give me that choice, and I think as Johnny says, it's either in you or it's not in you. Yeah, but what, I, what I've seen 
what I've seen over the last little while, like we all follow the Irish League, but what I've seen recently is people going to games now over the last year or so, having gone to games. And what I've seen is that it gets, it gets into people, it gets into their bloodstream or gets under their skin or whatever it is. And I know people who had perhaps never gone to an Irish League game up until maybe two, three years ago and now would not miss a game. I know uh, a, a, a woman who had to sort of rush away from her parent pupil meeting just recently to get to the start of the Korean match. And this is somebody that perhaps hadn't been through the showgrounds door up until two, three years ago and now would not miss a game. And what that ties in with what you're saying, you get an affinity with the club, you get an affinity with the players, the individuals, you get to know them and you can talk to them. And all that put together, Jared, is a heady mix, isn't it? When you put that all together. Yeah, no, it, it really, really is. And that's where COVID in a way kicked it. You know, COVID yeah. was good to us that way. I mean, I would go to championship matches and, and I mean, you know, going, going, I was at Ballyclare Institute not long ago. And great crowd at Ballam or Ballyclare on a Saturday afternoon. And I'm going, I'm going, people, local people started coming in during COVID and just thought, wow, the, you know, this isn't, the, it's about the perception. And I think this is the challenge. We're all winning this perception um, difference. And that was my fear for Sunday when I thought, oh God, we put this in the world stage, you know. So that yeah. people have that perception of the Irish League. And that's what we have all got to overcome together. But yeah, I mean, the product's never been better. And um, I think there's a couple of things in that that number one, the the clubs who have gone full time and have had investment, they're bringing people in from you know, there's players coming in from England and Scotland and whatever coming into the league. The bar has been raised for everyone. I mean, you know, the two nights a week, Tuesday and Thursday training is more or less out the window now for most clubs. So the players are fitter, they're better, um, they're more technically better, they're working on it more. So all those things coming together, I think, has really given us a product that can only get bigger and better. Um, You know, I had a chat with Ian Barraclough last week and you, you know, and, and thankfully Ian's a great supporter. For me, young guys are better staying in the Irish League. Like you look at at the the experience your young player Patrick Kelly has at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, so what? So like other players are being pulled at 15, 16 years of age in the past, Indian Academy, going to England, they don't play football for two or three years. And it's something not who am I to question Michael O'Neill, but it was something Michael O'Neill and I always clashed on where Michael was very much get somebody out, Indian Academy in England, and bypass the Irish League. Ian, thankfully, you know, in conversations I've had with him, is very supportive and ultimately advised the kids, stay in the Irish League, play for a year or two, get in the dressing room, get to know the game. You, like the experience that young lad of yours has already yeah. is invaluable <clears throat> to get him. Like I've seen Liam Boyce, Liam was originally transferred way back to Werder Bremen. That was right. Really crazy. Liam was in Germany for two years and never kicked the ball. Two years of his life missing. And then come back to Cliftonville. And then, you know, stood back. We look at the Dallases, the Macaulay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think we're lucky now that we have a manager in Ian who, you know, sees the value of the Irish League and sees the role that we can now play in player development. Um, because... 
being honest, there's more and more Irish League players going to come into this international squad. Um, and it's not for me to pick Ian's squad or who he, but, uh, you know, I see he picked the lad, Keelan Moy, Boyce, Boyle Moyes, is it Boyd Monts? Thanks for helping me out there, Johnny. I appreciate Johnny, you helping me out there, Johnny, let me tell you. Um, but, you know, he's picked him and I'm going, yeah, and nothing against that lad. And that's the headline in the BBC. And I'm asking myself yesterday going, you tell me there's not better players or more in the Irish League. Well, sure. Go into that international setup. Sure, apparently Joe Gormley is going to get a call up. <laughs> I'm sure Joe was laughing after the game on Sunday. Um, you, you know, and that's it. You know, and look, they all have difficult look. And I mean, without getting into the hole, but you know, I know Jay Donnelly's been talked about without the, you know, but you know, there's plenty of players in the Irish League that I think deserve a yeah. crack and are as good as what's playing in English Championship League One and League Two. And maybe- I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't disagree with that, Jared. And and you mentioned Patrick Patrick Kelly, and I just seen there this morning he's been called up to the under 19 squad for a, a little tournament in Spain later this month by Jared Little. Um, but Johnny, what uh, Jared saying there is exactly what Gareth McCauley had said to us a couple of weeks ago ahead of like he was at the advertising the National Lottery weekend, which Jared's Niffle's part of as well. But Gareth McCauley said exactly the same as Jared uh, to young players to learn your trade, as it were, in the Irish League before moving across to England. And you maybe stand a better chance of, of making a career out of it. Yeah, of course. And, you know, and, you know, obviously we're biased. It's a, it's a Korean podcast, but I think when Trey Hume and Lyndon came in the Irish League, I don't think too many Korean fans would have swapped London for Tri Hume. Uh, and then you look at where Tri Hume is now, he's just been called up to, to the Northern Ireland squad. And, and yeah, look, playing in the Irish League for two or three years, um, getting a grounding, um, playing men's football, being in a change room where you have to, you know, we have to win at, at that level, obviously, before moving on, can only stand you in good stead. Um, you look at Shane Lavery as well. Yeah. Um, went, over, went over the water, didn't do very much, came back to Lumfield. Won them two league titles, if you think about it, with his goals with, with Waterworth and scored in Europe and, and everyone else. And now he's banging them in for Blackpool and in the Northern Ireland squad too. So, you know, there's countless, you know, examples of players playing in the Irish League and then um, moving on, obviously, play for Northern Ireland, Gavin White, Stuart Dallas, Garth McCauley. You know, the list goes on and on. And there's probably even more, that I'm, probably more obvious ones that I'm forgetting. So, yeah, look, the product is, is, is improving. The full-time aspect um, will only help. Um, I think, obviously, better pitches, Will definitely help too. Obviously, I think Dungannon and Balamina are going to go down the, the 3G route as well, or that's the, the chat in a way. And, and obviously, the full time teams are bringing in players from England and Scotland and, and the South, as Jared alluded to as well. And even look at the competitive, competitiveness of the league too. You know, like Warren Point only lost 1 0 to Cuffinball, I think, a few weeks ago. Um, as well, when you look at the table and stuff, you think Chickens are going to hammer them, but they didn't. You know, we only just about beat Warren Point as well. Um, at home, they probably deserve something of that night in the league as well. So we've drew with Carrick, you know, Glenavon beat us, Balmina beat us. You know, you, the top six and bottom six, there's, there's, there honestly isn't much between it. It's probably just finding someone that can find the back of the net, really, is, is probably the difference. And and so as long as the, the league is so competitive as well, which makes it even better, and you even look at the table now, you've a three-horse race for, for the title, You've probably Crusaders, Larn, um, fighting for third, four, four, fifth, fourth and fifth, sorry. You've Corey and Glenavon and Balina fighting for the last top six. And then you look at the bottom of the table now, whereas Carrick looked so safe. Now they're only thinking it's three or four points ahead of Port Down. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to play for. And, and here's hoping we can, we can get the top six secured as soon as possible. Always, I will be bald. 
for sure. For sure. <laughs> very, very uh, You've done a good job there talking up the league, uh, Johnny, for, for Jared there. I mean, Jared, you look at it. Um, Johnny mentioned it. Looks like a three horse race for the league title, obviously. Linfield, uh, Cliftonville, Glen Torren. Um, I won't ask you to predict who you think will win, but I mean, you obviously got to be happy with the way that the, sh- the, the league is shaping up going into the latter stages of the season. Yeah, look, it, it, it's absolutely fantastic um, that we have three clubs fighting it out. Um, you know, and again, I use that Scottish example, you know, they have two teams and it's which one wins it. And that's something we have always got to be careful of in this country. Yeah. But, you know, and a few years ago, you know, we always thought, oh, it's Linfield, Glentoran, Linfield, Glentoran, and then other clubs started to break that mould. So it's important for me that we always do that um, and try to develop it. Uh, you know, we looked at, and we got criticism at Niffle in the past, used to be where we play one and two so early in the, in the split fixtures. And it was like, why do you play one and two? Because the league can be over. And we did look at it this year to say, well, okay, should we move one and two and break it up but then when we looked that up and we thought and as Tony says you know the, all those top six games every single one of them is going to be a massive massive cup final game um, and, and we'll see and, and you know Johnny talks I mean poured it down a few weeks ago you thought God won when they I think they played one point and if one point beat them they come off the, the table they won a couple of games and all of a sudden they're, they're now trying to get out of the playoff zone um, so <clears throat> look the top six so massive one or two games you could be in and out of this title race at this stage or into it um, and you know so it'll be interesting to see you know like I seen Clevenville going to Glen Torren last week I have to be honest I never seen Clevenville beating Glen Torren every week I think every Clevenville supporter will tell you they keep you know we feel ah. Oh, this will be the week we're going to fall, we're going to fall, we're going to fall, and they just keep grinding out results. Um, Glenn Thorne, who you thought we're going to run away with it at one stage, is hanging in there. And then everybody told us this was a poor Linfield side who weren't going to achieve anything this year. And you've <laughs> got to give them credit. They're still grinding out results. You know, when we looked at the game last Friday night, you, you know, Crusaders were fully worth their draw. And then you think, you know, 93 and a half minutes, you're going... Happy day as a corner. It's not, you know, <laughs> not a better team to defend and high balls and crusaders and bingo. You know, so it's fantastic. It's it, it's absolutely wonderful and long may it continue. And what about going back to your, your Cliftonville um aspect of things? Paddy McLaughlin, the job that he has done at, at Solitude, they've already got one trophy in the bag, Jared. They're well positioned in the league and they're in the last four of the Irish Cup. I mean, what is the talk around Solitude? I mean, is there, it has to be mountain excitement among supporters about what could potentially happen this season. I mean, I genuinely don't think so. And as you guys will know better than anybody, you know, you know there's been that much heartache you, you know, and a week can do it. I don't think there's anybody at Cliftonville getting carried away. And I know people say, oh, Paddy's playing it down in the press. I think that's genuinely where, where Paddy is. 
Paddy's not the easiest to get excited, I don't think, in the bear. He's a dairy boy at the end of the day. You know, it's the different, that sort of laid back approach. I don't know if that's the secret to it all, you know what me saying? I don't think, you know, from speaking to family and people that, you, you know, are obviously very close to it, I don't think there's anybody really thinking beyond the big game. And, you know, I don't think there's too many betting that Cliftonville will do a treble because the competitiveness of it is so, so massive. And it's just going to come down to individual games. I mean, Cliftonville, you know, have three games left. Um, you know, I think they have to go and, and their away form hasn't been great. And the next three games are all away from home. And there's hard places, you know, they have to go to Mournview on Saturday. And then I think it is they go to Dungannon maybe, and then they have to go to Portadown, you know, so none of those games, Glen Torn went to Dungannon last week and scraped a 1-0 win just, and McDermott was telling me during the week, it wasn't an easy win, so I, I, I was at that game, and to be fair, Glen Torn were good in the first half, and Dungannon came really back into it in the second half and Aaron McCary made a couple of really good saves, as you say, Glen Torn quite happy to get out with a 1-0 victory that day, so there are no easy games as Johnny said so I don't think there's anyone at Solitude getting carried away. Look, they're enjoying it. They're there for the, you know, they are there. The, the underdogs, I think all the underdogs and these part-timers, you know, there's this mentality of where we're, and I think the part-timers are almost getting behind them a little bit because I think people, you know, and, and not definitely not the football family from a derogatory point, but others were the full-time clubs were going to run away with this league. Let's be honest, when Crusaders went full-time a number of years ago, the rest of us had no hope in hell. And then Linfield and Crusaders and Larn and th- there was a stage the rest were just there to make up numbers. But I don't know. And back to Johnny's point about the Irish League, is that really when the challenge kicks in and the Irish League mentality of digging into the trenches and going, we're not going to be upstaged here by anyone. Um, that is so true. You know, and yeah. it's a Northern Ireland mentality as well when, when we all love to be the underdog. So look, I don't think there's anybody at Solitude dreaming about trebles I think they've they've won trophy in the bag obviously they're not in Europe and I mean from speaking to friends on the board and the chairman if you said to Cliftonville now we'll give you a playoff place and you've won the League Cup I think they'd still probably take your arm off because European money Cliftonville haven't been in Europe now and maybe is it three or four three years so again to get back into Europe and get the European income you know what it has did you know you yeah. have tremendous runs in Coleraine so I think if you offered Clevenville a European place now and the League Cup, they'd have taken your arm off at the start well, of the season. It's funny you say that because Johnny and I would obviously have dealings with Orne and just before, even up to the League Cup final, Johnny, that was exactly what we were saying along with Orne. If you could win a trophy, i.e. the League Cup, and get a place in Europe, that constitutes a very successful season, doesn't it? Yeah, like I always say that Europe's the fourth unofficial trophy, yet you probably get more money for that than, than probably the two cups, if you know what I mean. Obviously, the league gets you in the Champions League, which is even more money, but it's like, it's, a, it's an official cup, if you think about it, um, and Europe is massive, and you look at what it's done to the, the Korean in the last two or three years with the pitch and the facilities and everyone else and the camaraderie and getting players in early and, and getting, you know, attracting better players as well, and it's massive for clubs like the part-timers, as, as Jared alluded to, it's massive for them um, as well, and you know, that's that's our last sort of um and in, in quotation marks trophy to aim for, but it's a massive one. And you know, if you if you get Europe, you know, I, I think people don't realize it's not you know it's not a trophy at the end of like a you know physically in the trophy cabinet, but it's certainly healthy in the in the, in the accounts book anyway, and it's massive. And and hopefully we, we can get that. 
How and big a blow would it be to Corey and Johnny if Corey and didn't get into Europe after this season? Well, I think, um, and you know us, and Jared know us, and, and the listeners know us, you know, we've got a very smart manager and a, and a very capable board of directors who have probably budgeted for without Europe, if I'm being totally honest. Um, I think if you go down the road of, of budgeting for Europe and don't get it, it's, it's a very, very risky business to go. And, and yeah, of course, it'd be, a, it'd be a blow in the terms of, you know, the money and the revenue and everything else, but I, I wouldn't... It wouldn't be catastrophic in the sense of checkers, we don't get this, we're going to have to sell this and do this, and this won't happen. I think we're, we've been smart, we've been down that road, you know, less than what 20 years ago, where we nearly went out of business as well for, for misspending and stuff and, and money that we didn't have. But I would doubt, I would very well, it wouldn't, wouldn't happen um, this time around. So, yeah, look, in terms of, you know, you might not get the same caliber of player you might have got, you know, two years ago. But at the same stretch, um, there'll still be a, a, a healthy Korean um, if, if we don't get Europe. Mm, and Jared, you mentioned Cliftonville haven't had European football for three three years or so, uh, and that does have an impact. So, on the back of that and the lack of the European money, I suppose the fact that the, the club are challenging on all fronts and have such a talented and big squad is testament to all the hard work at Solitude. Yeah, no. Look, I'm not saying nobody plays for nothing, but the big part of this is. Your player has to want to play for you, Damien. You know, and I'm a great believer. And and I mean, I don't want, and I'm not saying this from a perspective of, because I'm not in the GAA, I I don't really know all, but there's something about, and I've always said from a GAA local parochial part, we could learn a lot. Like there shouldn't be a kid coming out of Coleraine that plays for anybody other than Coleraine. There shouldn't be anybody coming out of Ballymena or Portadown that doesn't play because, and I think clubs like Coleraine and, and Cliftonville get out of them, you know, as people go and they have such an affiliation for the club and the badge, the, look, I mean, the badge means everything to all of us as supporters. It has to mean something to the player and how many good players been caught out because they were there for the payday and they don't hurt. We all want players that hurt the way supporters do at a quarter to five or 10 to five on a Saturday afternoon. And I think when that comes together and that's what Orn, I think Orn has been amazing for Coleray and what he is, what he has done. And, uh, and, you know, Colin, and you know, Colin is back to Orn and being supportive of Orn and the manager and chairman have to have that relationship. And, and so all those units come together. So that that's what I think with Paddy McLaughlin has did. I mean, like Clinton supporters, I don't think we had much hope, you know, in this season. And that's why, I mean, it's a bit of a, a roller coaster. Let's see where it happens. It all ends up. But those playoffs are somewhere no one wants to really, you know, and I know Johnny says, you want to be in them. But, I mean, you end up there, you know, and I laughed at, I laughed, you know, well, not laughed, it wasn't funny, but when Glen Thorne have had their troubles in the Irish Cup and all these Clemmel supporters are, oh, get them out, get them out, and then going. <laughs> Glen Thorne's another Glen Thorne in the cup and Clifford yeah, third gets them into Europe. So you know, let's think about this. You know, let's think of the logic of this. And then people go, all oh, right, okay, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. And so it's also the playoffs are just going to be another cup final, which are going to be as big as the Irish Cup. I mean, uh, you don't want to be involved in that. Given the season that you guys have had, you know, you don't want to be involved in that somehow or another, either winning the Irish Cup or finishing high up in the league. Yeah, and it could all go so wrong. I mean, you know, Clifford will have a massive game against Glen Thorin, or sorry, against Crusaders. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to, and then no matter what happens after that, you have a final that anything can happen in. So, 
Look, I just think back to the playoffs, again, that's another massive opportunity for Niffel to promote the games. And as long as, you, you, you know, like I seen a few, you know, a few years ago, I wasn't at the game. I was actually away. I think Cliftonville beat Korean that night in a very, and I said this, a very dodgy refereeing penalty in the last minute of the game. Uh, you, you know, and it, it wasn't. And the worst thing for me was I was in Spain, never expecting Cliftonville to beat Korean. I had to fly home on the Saturday morning for the final. Oh, don't. But be- you know, it can just be that quick, and it can be that wee bit of luck, and it can be that turn on something. So as long as it's not like that, but. For us at Niffle, the, the opportunity for the playoffs is just going to be fantastic again to develop the league. And whatever club comes out of that four-team playoff or five teams, whatever it ends up at, that's going to be an, an almighty competition on its own to end the season. And people have said to me, like, is that the best way to do it? You know, should we give it to the league? And I'm going, no, I just think the, the excitement of the playoffs is just phenomenal. And it gives... Teams at fifth, sixth, seventh, something to hang on to in the in the, oh, the closing oh, games yeah. in the year. But Jared, you didn't have to bring up that defeat in the playoffs at Solitude. That's sorry. Johnny. Johnny still feels bad about that one. I, uh, the only pen, I, I honestly, the only person in that round of all was a penalty referee. Yeah, um, and I, I, just, I wasn't <laughs> there, Johnny. So I could be neutral on, but I seen it back. I was like, well, good call, I know. Tonight, eh? I, know. That, I think James McLaughlin scored a hat trick, didn't he? Uh, that, probably the best hat trick you'll ever see, and not, and not win. Um, but as long as the, the playoff final, um, if we get there, isn't the 14th of May, I'll be happy enough. That's my, that's why, my why, why would that that's, be? <laughs> that's my wedding day, so that'll be, that'll be a while. I'll be glued to my phone. So, weekend after Irish Cup final, so I'm not holding out much. You, you take a note of that, Jared, there. Just I have that. But, Johnny, what a better wedding present than Coleraine qualifying for Europe in the <laughs> year we got married. Aye, but we could do that. In the, you could do the match on the Friday and then get married in the, get married in the, get married in the Saturday. And, Aye, but uh, no, the, and it's the playoff. hard to do that. It's hard for it because obviously we don't know is there a, a seventh and eighth playoff, yeah, or yeah, eight, you know, yeah. is there two games or three games that so it's difficult. I mean, to get that, and it's it's where do we want to go with that, and when do we play that? And yeah. you know, I know if it was a Saturday, it would be the half five in the Saturday, probably for, for television. I want to cover it so. There's a lot of work and a lot of things to do over the coming weeks to do twist. A lot of plan. I think at this stage, Jared, if somebody said to Johnny and I that Korean will be in the European playoff final, whatever day it'll be, I think we would be more than happy with that, given where we're at at this minute in time. What do you uh, think, Johnny? hundred percent. Uh, it's, it's a one-off. It's a one-off game. We're, we're pretty good at them um, as well. And, and yeah, look, it's we've and the, and I said this again in podcast. It, it shows you how well we've done. That am I? I think in the last, I think the playoffs been going maybe five or six years, and I think we've only been involved with two of them. We've been in Europe every other time, yeah. So it shows you how well we've, we've done, and it's probably uncharted territory um, for Korean. Um, to hopefully, you know, we haven't got our top six um, confirmed yet, but we should be there. Um, they to be in that water. So, but down the the and the players, they know how important Europe is. They've had great memories from it. Obviously, beating Maribor, beating that team from San Marino, and playing in Serbia and in Bosnia and everyone else. So. Um, here's hoping we can be in somewhere absolutely random. Um, come come dinner, come dinner, July thing. And 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 similarly, I was I would think Johnny, you and I would probably both say to Jared, like again, with looking at his Cliftonville hat, I think it would be a very unjust season if Cliftonville didn't somehow get European football at the end of this year because 
for me, they've been right up there the whole way through. They've arguably been, arguably been the best team that we've watched and we've seen them all. And yeah. I think at least European qualification is probably the least that Cliffin will deserve after the year that they've had. Yeah, yeah. The couple of points, you know, we, we the Irish Cup game we were at um, a couple of Fridays ago, um, the first 20 minutes I sat there in my job and just went quickly to move the ball. It was fierce. It was relentless. Um, they were really, really good passing side. It, it was, if it had been a boxing match in the first 20 minutes, <laughs> the, the match would have been over. The match would have been over. They're fantastic. You watch a couple of them. To be fair to them, they, they really are. And, and, I, and I, I left the ground on, on Sunday, obviously, and I put something up on Facebook, I think, on Monday night. And, and Gerard will know him, Podrick Marshall, the big Cliffenball fan. Uh, he was giving me a bit of stick. But I said to him, look, and I, I mean this, I do hope that Cliffenball will go on and win the league or win the Irish Cup. I, I've said that, you know, I picked Lens at the start of the season to win the league, so I'm not going to change my mind on that. But they play football the right way. And I'm not just saying that because Gerard's on. Because they actually, you know, they do. I said that to you as well. And, they're good to watch and, and fair play to them. The squad they have there, for not having Europe for three years, they have the bench and the squad that they have, the recruitment's been brilliant. And, you know, in the swap deals with the Glens, they've done really well out of them in terms of money and, and getting good players um, back in return. So, yeah, um, they deserve Europe. A bit like Corey in a couple of years ago when the COVID season hit. Um, if Corey didn't have Europe at the end of that, it would have been a, it would have been totally yeah. um, unfair. So, yeah, um, hopefully Clubville will get Europe so we don't have to potentially play him in a, in a playoff because I'm yeah. fed up seeing that red kit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have 100%. Thing, it, it, it's not a negative, you, you know, in a way. I think the good thing about the Irish League, we all have our moments and if you look at the last number of years, Cliftonville had a couple of years, Crusaders had a couple of years, then Linfield came in, Coleraine were there, Palomina had a season at it. Yeah. You know, it's just the league is that competitive. Nobody's ever going to stay there again forever. Yeah, that's what you want. But uh, listen, yeah. I would just back up what Johnny said there, Jared, and it's not because you're on the podcast today, but I would love to see <clears throat> Cliftonville go on and, and win the league because, again, it probably just gives everybody that little bit of hope that because they're not a full-time team, they don't have a big investor behind them. They've got to where they are with a good manager, a good squad of players, and a lot of hard work and togetherness. And I think that's a template like we've had that at Korean for a couple of seasons. Cliftonville kind of have that now, and you can see that, and that gives hope to other other teams. Yeah. You the, don't need a big investment and big big players. The big observation that I've made, um, and I said this to you, Damon, I think it was, is that that Cliftonville team now remind me of the Korean team that should have won the league a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Just that they're just well oiled machine, just win get win any for you know they, they beat Carrick in the Irish couples a couple of weeks ago one 0 Apparently, Cliftonville, by all accounts, played brutal, but still won. You know, mm-hmm. um, probably the correct pitch doesn't, you know, when you know when you know, invite full free flowing football, but they, they dug out and, and they won, and it's just relentless. And they are seriously on a crest of the wave. Um, and you know, and that's fair play to them. And if, if winning the trophy in front of what seven or eight thousand fans they've had on, on Sunday doesn't give them an extra boost, I, I don't know what will. And, and yeah, they've three away games now. Um, as Jared said, and if they get nine points out of that heading into the split, um, they'll be there. They'll, they'll, they'll probably be top of the league considering how tight the, the league is and, and everyone else. So I just have one final question for, for Jared. And um what's your views on the, the comet system um in terms of the league? Um I see you smiling there, but um <laughs> if you can answer it, what's your what's your views on it? <sighs> Look, I mean, I do have views, Johnny. 
there's something wrong when we've had the issues that we've had, okay? But coming back, I think we're all losing focus with saying this is the world, it's Comet's fault. So I have, you you know, I don't have a great experience in Comet, so I'll also say that. But from a NIFL perspective, some of the decisions that we have had to make with some clubs, unfortunately, have been human errors. Um, so it's uh, there, there's but then Comma was brought in to make sure almost I'm led to believe human errors couldn't happen. I think it, the problem that very much within NIFL has set and some of the difficulties, you know, some of our PIL and championship teams, um, it, it the issues that they have had is some of youth teams, which means you know, Johnny signs for let's say Korean. You have an under 18, you can sign at any time of the season. But then if you went to another club, maybe like Tobermore, who don't have a youth team or reserve team, you know, you can't. So I think for us as administrators, we need to clear the rules up. I think so. I'm not in the comments the be all and end all of all the issues within football. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing that I, I would like, I'm gonna take an opportunity, Johnny, is Believe it or not, you know, Niffle get a lot of stick and I'm not running away from this because we're here to help and support the clubs. And I think there's a lot of training and development has to happen. You know, Niffle is a, or sorry, Comet is a, an organ, is a system used throughout the world. Other countries don't seem to have the issues with Comet that we do. So we've got to ask, number one, then what are we doing that's so wrong or how are we not implementing the system? So we'll defend it in that way. Um. But I laugh, there's lots of clubs that always come out and they blame, you know, Niffle, Niffle and, you know, another registration. Believe it or not, Niffle don't have anything to do with registration. So in Jared Lawler's political party broadcast this afternoon, <laughs> registration forms to clubs do not come near Niffle. We do not see them. We have nothing to do with them. They all go centrally to the IFA. So if anyone's tweeting on social media or wants to attack everyone, it's the IFA, not Niffle. But, you know, Johnny, some of it, like we had to sit and make some horrendous decisions last week, uh, uh, you know, and, and it's well documented at Tobermore and, right. you know, and, and Myola, and they're not easy decisions to have to make. Um, but I think, look, to, to be, you know, constructive, there's obviously an issue with Comet at the moment, and there's a, a challenge for us to sit back and make the information clearer. <clears throat> make the rules clearer is there too much confusion yeah. you know so there's a there's a bit of give and take i think in common all over johnny to be truthful in my knowledge of it yeah in my like in my opinion just from a totally outsider i just it's not as a bad look for the league or the organization or the association i just it just keeps maybe once a year <laughs> someone 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 gets or some team gets done and, and whether or not that can be eradicated you know through more more work or more understanding or Less human error, I, I don't know, but I just, you know, you, you, people, you know, maybe sniggering at Glentor getting talked about the Irish Cup and sitting there thinking, I just don't think it's a good look. It's not good for the league at all, Johnny. And anybody, you know, I'll be honest with you, anybody that finds it's amusing or, you know, that is not in the best interest of the Irish League. You're, yeah. I'm totally with you, mate. The, the Glentorn gets put out of the Irish Cup on a technicality. It's crazy. It's um you you know it's embarrassing for the for us all, not yeah. just not Glen Torren or whoever. And I, you know, say I'm not involved in the case, thankfully. 
Um, but that is not a look. And we all have to work together to find a solution. So whether that solution is that we do further training or we look at rule changes or we have, that's the challenge for us. But if we don't do anything and go into the same scenario next year with our heads buried in the sand, then we that would be criminal also. So, yeah, and that's where I talk about communication, that we all need to come together. Other countries who use Comet aren't having the problems that we're having. So what can we learn and how can we improve it and all, and all play a part in it? Well, that's another thing for you. That's another one for your inbox, uh, your entry there. Jared, listen, thank you very much. I'm just going to ask you, you're not long in the job. I mean, overall, have you, have you enjoyed your time so far at the top of the Irish League? I've loved every minute of it, Damien, if I'm honest with you. Um, I mean, I'm not... Look, people will see me as Jared Lawler and Cliftonville. I love the Irish League. I'm like, you guys, the league, you know, the league just is my life. I've always been involved in it since I left school. So, you, you know, for me to get the opportunity, and the one thing, you know, when I was offered the job, I sort of got cold feet and I ran away. But the encouragement I have from clubs and, you know, your own club and Colm was one of the first people that I spoke to. Uh, and, you know, and I think what I can what I bring to the table is I know the pressures of clubs. I know the pinch points of chairman, of directors. Yeah. I've lived through, I bring that experience, but I have a lot to learn as a football administrator. I don't have all the answers. You know, I ultimately be all and end all. I'm an Irish League fan. And I know the I've moaned about the IFA and about Niffle or Irish League for years. But the one thing that I get is, you, you know, when my wife talks to me that, you know, in a way, I sort of thought I had three jobs in a way. You know, I had Cliftonville at the time at my job at the Opera House and I did work at Niffle. And I thought, right, well, I'm giving up these three roles for one role. I'll maybe get a little bit of life back together. <laughs> the intensity of the role is... It is 24-7, um, but I'm dealing with a subject that I just love. As you know, I love talking about it. I can waffle for the day. I just love the Irish League. I, I love, and I love our clubs and helping our clubs because our clubs are about supporters. They're about volunteers. They're about guys like you that when Coleraine went on a Saturday, it makes or breaks your weekend. Let's be honest, you know, your week, you, you know, so to try and make a difference, is just, I, I love it so far, so good. The PR has been good. I inherited a great product Monday. I know there's a controversy around the corner and there's a situation where I'm going to go from hero to zero within <laughs> about 24 hours somewhere. And I'm prepared for that. But look, as I said at the beginning, I promise people I will do my best. I will give it 110%. I hope at the end of the day, that's good enough. Um, and if it's not, well, then um, the history books will tell me that, or plenty of Irish League supporters will tell me that, no doubt. You can only do your best, and, and to use a footballing terminology, you're only as good as your last game, and, you yeah. know, you just, you do what you think is right at the time, Jared. and rightly or wrongly, that's that's the way we live, but, I mean, Johnny, you would back me up and wishing Jared all the best for, for the future, and, and hopefully there are not too many controversial incidents. <laughs> yeah, of, of course, look, um, for me and you, uh, well, me personally, Irish League is is my favourite in the world. Obviously, you know I watch Korean home and away every week. I'm a big fan of Irish League, and and yeah, there's talking points. There's plenty of laughs and jokes and everything else, but we all want the, the betterment of, of the league as a whole. And and um, yeah, look, it's a it's a massive role um, for for Jared and, and his team. And as long as I can keep continuing annoying Neil Coleman every now and again, we'll sure we can we can all have a, we can all have a laugh. Although you can tell him that every time he comes to the showgrounds, he gets grapes and cheese. Um, he's treated 
He's treated better than me and Damien. And I'm not I noticed him. that actually the last night I was down Mel and that we're looking after him so well. And I'm going, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a Palomina supporter. Like, you just forgot this part. Uh, I know. There's, there's something wrong there. He had the decency to ask where the red carpet was and everything. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But no, it's. Um, and I think Johnny tried that to have people like Neil, you know, and I know people will criticize, oh, he supports Glenville and he supports Palomina, but we're all objective at the end of the day. Yeah, and I'm so weary of, but to have people within the staff, and we'll say Millsy's a Lauren supporter, though he keeps he keeps sort of knocking his back and he won't admit it to us, but we know he's a Lauren supporter. But we do have people there. We'll say Sharon's a Glen Torrance supporter, you know, but and all due said, we have people that care about this league. And the passion, you know, within the staff, it's not a nine to five job where they go home at five o'clock at night and go, oh, yeah. yours. The Niffle staff are like, I've actually had a battle trying to say, guys, come, you know, you've working time directives and we stop and we switch off. They all care about it and we're so lucky and I'm so lucky and so fortunate to have a team that are so dedicated to the running of the league and then all the clubs and supporters like you. So, look, I'm going to say thank you to you guys because it's a passion of yours and yous have all really driven the league forward and it is appreciated from us as well. Well, listen, it's a win-win, isn't it? Go ahead, Johnny, sorry. No, 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 no I just said thanks very much for the, the nice comments. Uh, I think it's it's a win-win, isn't it? You know, you you guys at Niffle do your bet, the clubs do their bet. I know down at Corian, there's a lot of very good guys in social media and, uh, and uh, club media and that propels the whole thing forward and hand in hand and we can see that the... The benefits of that in terms of the higher profile of the club, the games, attendances. So it all helps. And if we all work together, the, the product gets better and, and it's a, a more secure long-term future, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Well, well, yeah, well, here, Jared, I'd like to wish you all the very best in your role at Niffle. And I would also like to wish Cliftonville all the best. Um, five times this year we've played them. We haven't beaten them yet. So, I mean, if we can't, go and do it then we would like to see you go and do it would that be right Johnny? Yeah of course uh, as long as we don't have to play Cliftonville anytime soon I'm, I'm, I'm happy no, enough that's fine that's I, 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 don't, I don't want to see them anytime soon I know, I know it's St Paddy's Day but I don't want to see Paddy McLaughlin which is which is a which is a compliment trust me it's a, it's a compliment. And, and him a former Korean player and all I uh, know hey you, you, you think you'd have gave us one hey, you think uh, that but lads <laughs> as I say you still outweigh it you know over the years there's nowhere I've been. I think it was the stage I stopped going to showgrounds because <laughs> it was never going to happen. Well, you're making up for it. Well, here, Jared, appreciate taking your time out to speak to us Thanks, today. Uh, as I say, good luck in the future and everything that's happening. And Johnny, thank you for your time as ever. And uh, we will meet up again on Saturday for a lovely little trip down to Portadown for the weekend. So we will see you then. Uh, and thank you just finally to everybody for listening. Um, much appreciated. The feedback is always very, very welcome. Um, and okay, we lost the League Cup final on Sunday pass, but there's still a lot to play for this year in the league. Um, a couple of good results in the next couple of games at Portadown and Warren Point. Hopefully sets it up nicely for a, a league playoff uh, come the end of the season. So as ever, thank you very much for listening and come on the Bandsiders. <laughs>